It was beautiful. Thank you. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Recording on a Sunday night after the Super Bowl. Do you care about that stuff? I hope you're team one. And if, if they didn't, there's always next year. At least you enjoyed Rihanna. Yeah. That's a real poll for the Super Bowl, I think, is the halftime show. So there you have it. Um, and then once this comes out, which will be Tuesday, it'll be Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Yes. Whether whether you're single or have someone or what have you. Hope you have a very lovely day. Do some self-care. Mm-hmm. Spend some quality time. All that stuff. Yes. Eat the candy. Little candy hearts that are awful but kind of satisfying to eat at the same time. The chalky ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we um, are not doing a Valentine's theme story because um, I, I think that if you go and play the last one from last year, it was it was really hard to find one. And I'm just not going to go through that again. So, so. No, we just, we just grabbed one. And by the way, this is Haunted or Hoax. Oh, yeah. And I'm Kristen. I'm Jennifer. And yeah, so we just kind of grabbed one that was uh, recommended to us a long time ago. Actually, um, this one was recommended by my friend from the internet, Meredith. A while ago i don't think that she listens like she's a supporter but she's not like a <laughs> listening supporter she's just like a woo go and do what you're doing supporter, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine and she said that i think that she mentioned this place with a bunch of other places so yeah this week we're doing dogtown massachusetts which or, is which how grandma would say it would be dogtown dog town and it's fitting because jennifer was just in massachusetts but i did not go to dog town you did not no which you probably wouldn't have found much anyway because it's a ghost town um but is it but is it and we're gonna see because I have just pretty much straight up stories and legends for you. I couldn't even really find a lot of like, I couldn't really find any Google reviews or TripAdvisor things or anything with people having personal like paranormal experiences. I didn't find any pictures or anything. I just found kind of like some overall legends of this place. Mm -hmm. So, and then I have some names, so they might, be totally fictional or they might have actually been people but not in the way that they they are in the stories or they might be completely true we don't know but here is what i got for you so only in your state says that dogtown massachusetts is a bona fide ghost town with a mysterious and fascinating past it has suspicious vagrants wild dogs witches werewolves old curses and creepy dolls that are all a part of the legends that swirl around the eerie location according to them creepy dolls creepy dolls so i only found the mention of creepy dolls like once and it was sort of trucked up to kids like teenagers playing jokes because it's been 
recently in the past few years, old dolls and stuffed animals have begun appearing in a section of Dogtown. Tied up baby dolls and grim looking animals feature prominently in the collection. And they kind of like the officials and cops kind of say that's mischievous teenagers. But there was always a suggestion in the article that something less savory, savory is like, is it the heathens? It could be like, I don't know, a doll cult (laughs) sacrificing. It could be witches, which is the main focus, I think, of this place, which I was surprised, which. So I didn't read a lot into the history of it because that is your deal, but from what I gathered, apparently this used to be a legit settlement. And then sometime after the war of 1812, it kind of fell apart somehow and people moved out and then some less savory people moved in criminals and family people who had lost their families, um, widows and independent single women kind of stayed around and rumors began to brew that some of the women that stayed stayed in order to practice witchcraft. Uh, strange booming sounds began to be heard coming from the town, and travelers reported flickering lights and figures in the surrounding forest. Lightning bugs? Lightning bugs dancing naked around a fire for Satan. We don't know. All Maybe both at the same time. You know. That would dancing attract- naked with the lightning bugs. That would be some sort of party, you know. I, you know, honestly, I'd be down. <laughs> um, some of the women positioned themselves as healers and fortune tellers. Uh, for example, apparently there was a daffy archer who sold medicine made of snail mucus. There was also a <laughs> listen. Okay, snail mucus is used in a lot of skincare pro- products too, especially like ones from overseas, like European and Asian skincare products use snail mucus. Snail mucus. So, have you tested this as an esthetician? Um, I have not. I have not used any of the snail mucus products, but I would. I mean, it's apparently very beneficial to the skin. So, hey, our overseas listeners, if y'all want to send us over some snail snot. Yeah, and if you also just want to send us over some K beauty products, I would not <laughs> be mad about that. <laughs> um, there was also a Rachel Rich who apparently sold healing tonic, but hers were made of foxberry leaves, spruce tops, and other herbs, which um, the person who wrote this article said sounded less icky than snails. Mm. Um, Rachel also apparently told fortunes by examining coffee grounds. Which, you know, instead of tea leaves, I guess, if you prefer your coffee, you can still get your fortune read. Well, they were still, you know, raking the tea leaves out of the Boston Harbor at this time. So, yes. And that would always just spell disaster. So, <laughs> why bother reading them? <laughs> this is bad. So, coffee was the way to go for a long time after that. Right. It, it was noted that she also had a daughter named Becky who was a witch who preferred to use tea leaves once they were all dried out. Of the the harbor. Boston Harbor. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The riches were reportedly mostly benevolent, but some of their neighbors followed a more malevolent path. Um, There was mention of a Molly Jacobs, who was also a fortune teller, but threatened anyone who didn't give her money. You got to do what you got to do, you know? I mean, I guess, like, no, I can turn your fortune bad if you're not going to give me 
money for it. So uh, she was like the very first early days of like the call-in psychics, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Luce George operated in a similar way, but the most feared witch in Dogtown was Thomasine Tammy Younger, who was Luce's niece. Tammy was known as the Queen of the Witches. She lived on Fox Hill in Dogtown in a collapsing house near the main road um, that passed through Dogtown to, is it Gloucester or Gloucester? Gloucester. Gloucester. Neither of those things. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Whenever she heard a wagon or a horse approaching her house, she would throw open the shutters and glare at the oncoming travelers. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say I haven't done that. You know, depends on what time of day. Why are you being so loud on a Monday night? Then Tammy would threaten to curse them unless they gave her money to pass by safely. She was apparently quite fearsome in appearance and was quite successful at collecting tolls from terrified travelers. Uh, She apparently died in 1829, and even after her death, she was like, her reputation kind of lingered on. It was said when she died, her nephew ordered a coffin from a local carpenter. They... So I guess what happened was he built this coffin in his home, the carpenter's home and the carpet, like the carpenter's family was like used to having coffins in their house, but his wife felt an unnatural chill around the coffin, even though it was empty. Uh, She believed Tammy's ghost was lurking around their house and demanded that her husband move the coffin to the barn. I also saw there was a brief story that there are, Tales of a beggar woman asking for money at the entrance of some of the paths, like as an apparition, like a ghost, Mm -hmm. and that this beggar apparition would curse the ones who carelessly passed her by. And I think that it wasn't explicitly said that was Tammy, but given the stories, I kind of would kind of attribute that to her. Mm -hmm. I also found another which that kind of seemed pretty gnarly and her name was peg lawson she lived in dogtown and the legend states that a couple of boys had angered her and she cursed them and they didn't take her seriously they left for jobs in upper new york state and peg would not let go of her anger i don't know what they did to her So she went out into her front yard, shot two arrows into the air that never landed, at least not in Dogtown. The families of the two boys received word that they had been killed when two arrows fell out of the New York sky and straight through their hearts. And that was the tale. Shot to the heart. Listen, I know a really messed up version of that that involves a stingray, but I won't sing it for you. It'll make you sad. And Steve Irwin. Peg Wasson was also accused of flying around on a broomstick. Oh my God. <laughs> Apparently one day she flew over a camp of soldiers. And this is where I got kind of like fused with the story because in this, she wasn't flying on her broomstick, but she's also a shapeshifter. So she was disguised as a black crow. The soldiers fired at the crow, but their bullets didn't seem to do any good. 
So they were one, bad shots. I I mean I guess or this was a very bulletproof crow. I I, I don't know. Once uh one of the soldiers moved a silver button from his sleeve and shot that at the crow which finally took the crow down which I don't uh, I've heard of cr- crows being attracted to silver and shiny things. I don't think that it's like their kryptonite. I think that's a different animal which I'll get to. But maybe if you are a witch shape-shifting as a crow, it's different. So how do they know that the crow is Peggy? Well, okay, see, we, according to the legend, at the same time the crow was hit, Peg Wasson appeared in her home and fell down. And the doctor extracted an identical silver button from her leg. That explains everything. (laughs) Just wraps it up. Perfectly. <laughs> she was the crow. She shape shifted back and was in her house and had a button in her leg. The end. Obviously, witches. Um I mean, at least it was just her leg and not like I don't know, lodged in her throat or something. A button in her butt. Yeah, a button. <laughs> a button in her boob. Wow. Oh, uh, right in the buttocks. <laughs> that would hurt. Um, but yeah. So those are the stories about the witches. Early settlers of the area also reported a lot of wolf activity. Uh, I did read that apparently once everybody started leaving Dogtown, they left their dogs behind, which was very sad. Take your pets with you. Hello. Don't be fucking rude. Um, And they turned feral. But there's also reports of like actual wolf activity. We went to a place in Arizona on while we were out in Las Vegas. It's called Oatman, Arizona. It's on mm-hmm. Route 66, and it's an old gold mining town. And when the gold dried up, everybody left the town, and they left their donkeys behind. Aww. But the donkeys just kind of acclimated to the desert, and so now there's just donkeys wandering around. I love that. And they go as a herd into town every morning to get breakfast from the townspeople and then they make their way back into the desert in the afternoon i love that but also take your animals with you when you leave yeah exactly that's a dick move especially like dogs that are like just there to love you and protect you um but according to a late folklorist richard cahill there was a local indigenous tribe called the Agawam and their ancestors actually possessed heads like dogs and that eating a special local plant would uh, could allow anyone to adopt the same canine features. Do you think that's called wolf's bane? <laughs> yes, and you can only eat it on a full moon. Ooh. Drink that moon water. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did see a tale in Apparently, 1984, March 17th, a Boston resident claimed that he witnessed a gigantic animal roaming the cliffs near Dogtown. He thought it might be a mountain lion, but local wildlife officials insisted no mountain lions lived on Cape Ann. It was March 17th, which was a full moon. And on March 21st, a dead deer was found on Crane's Beach. It had been torn apart, but not eaten. That same night near the road, 
to Dogtown, two people reported seeing a gray, monstrous dog-like animal running into the woods. It couldn't have been a wolf? Uh, I mean, it could have been, but it, I guess, was apparently larger than a wolf. But wolves are pretty big. They're, like, unsettlingly big, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you see them from the distance, they could, you know be more monster like I, it would be more it would be more convincing to me if it was like i don't know a bear no i mean like it'd be more convincing as a werewolf because it obviously oh. they're 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 insisting right, that yeah. this is like a werewolf it would be more convincing if it was like oh we saw this gray monstrous dog-like animal and it like got up on its hind legs and it also had ripped trousers or something <laughs> around it just a pants leg holding on for dear life. Right. It had one shoe on. It was really weird. High heel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was never ever any follow-up to this story. No pictures were ever taken taken of a werewolf supposedly in Dogtown. Um, it's just like one kind of isolated incident in 1984, as far as I could find. Like I said, I haven't really seen anybody who has talked about this place in a way of like, oh, this is definitely haunted or this has definitely got curses. I know you'll probably talk more about the creepy rocks. Um, There are boulders there that have like etchings of sayings that I think are supposed to be really uplifting and positive, but they just give me weird vibes. (laughs) I don't know. And people are like to keep evil out is what they're supposedly supposed to be doing. Um, kind of seems like you're inviting evil in with that. I don't know. It just um, rubs people, me the wrong way. I don't know. We'll, we'll get uh, into that. Um, but mostly everybody has, what I saw everybody talked about um, was how beautiful it was. And also it's a little bit dangerous, I think, because some of the um, houses that were in Dagtown, like were like raised, they were bulldozed over, but then they're, crawl spaces and basements remained mm-hmm. so um I, I saw a lot of comments of like hey don't go out there alone at night like you know don't let your you dog fall into a cellar hole yeah like don't let your dog out like without a leash because you guys could you know hurt yourself potentially but nothing like don't let your dog out because it might also run into a werewolf and become part of its pack and you'll never see your dog again i'm assume i'm assuming that's what happens <laughs> once your dog comes into contact with a werewolf says you are a cooler kind of human so (laughs) i'm gonna stick with you cleo wouldn't make it you don't think so no tucker would definitely become part of the pack (laughs) just for out of sheer like anxiety and fear come visit like on holidays or something (laughs) like that but um but yeah i mean that's all i have literally all i have well i can elaborate on some of that perfect i can't wait (laughs) we will be right back be right back. Hey guys, and welcome to Spilling the Crime, a true crime podcast hosted by me, Umberto Melo, and me, Jonas Grancha. Join us in this big adventure where we will be talking about crimes with a tipsy twist. How this crime happens, I want to know what the fuck is the unwrapped chocolate. Her name is Sharma Melgenlings. Magma... Magmar? Magmar Meningitis? Where's the dick, Lorena? Where is the dick? Oh, 
Yes. Are those your enemies? <laughs> Are they after me too? <laughs> Do you ever feel like a plastic bag? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and then he masturbated on the carpet. <laughs> Dangerous I mean, yeah, question. No, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? We do not agree with this. <laughs> Carl said that. Don't copy. Like, what? Don't copyright us. Don't copyright us. <laughs> yes, please don't block us. So grab your glass because the spilling is about to begin. <laughs> we are back. Are back. <laughs> I was about to say it, and then I stopped because you started. Are you ready? I am ready to see who's fictional and who's actually a living person. Do you have any um, of that? Mm -hmm. Not really? No. <laughs> oh, wow. I have some people, but uh, I'll get into it. Okay. Originally, this place was known as the Common Settlement. And it goes way back. I think this might be one of the oldest places that we've covered. It goes back into 1693. Wow. The community grew to be roughly five whole square miles. And it was considered to be solid real estate due to the location providing protection from pirates, you know, Jack Sparrow, whatnot, and also potential non-friendly natives. By the early 1700s, land was available for individual settlement and roughly 600 to 800 homes and 100 families were established by the peak population of the town by the mid-1700s. So cue the American Revolution and add a few dogs for protection because they are all the best boys. And yes. you allegedly have the name Dogtown, but I'll kind of touch on that later. The women of the town supposedly brought in more dogs for protection during the war because all of the men left. After the war ended, there was a rise in the fishing industry in nearby Gloucester since the area had become a safe haven from enemy ships, which doesn't make sense to me because I thought that whole area was not safe, but whatever. But regardless, that port town was lit and it started getting really well populated. They started developing roads that went right past Dogtown, so people weren't going into Dogtown. So people were moving out of Dogtown because there wasn't really anything going on. So most of the farmers moved away by the end of the war of 1812. And they said that that really was the tipping point because I guess the protected location wasn't so protected during this war. And it was at risk of what they called coastal bombardment. Hmm. So after the population dwindled, New Englanders did what they did best and started calling people witches. <laughs> I also read about Tammy. Thomasine, which I love that name. She was called the Queen Witch by Thomas Dresser. Okay. I read that people were so scared of her, they would leave her fish and corn as offerings on her stoop. Really? I didn't read that, but I mean, she was fearsome yes. to look at. I put honestly goals. Leave the sushi and corn muffins on my stoop and I won't light your shit on fire. Yeah. Also, I did read about Peg Wesson. Mm-hmm. And she actually lived in Gloucester. Okay. I don't have any confirmation on if she was a witch or not, though. Damn. You don't or know if she, if she was in... Yeah, I don't know. She flew in the night. And I she also don't a, know if she had really good archery skills. And you also don't know if she had, like, a button-shaped scar anywhere on her body. No. Damn. 
well <laughs> can you imagine that <laughs> that scar tail though like just hiking up your dress be like check out this scar you right know, this right or like the the doctors like taking it out and she, they're she's they're like how did you get this button so far wedged into your leg and she's like don't worry about it don't ask questions just get it I out missed my hem by a couple of inches <laughs> right. i was i was daydreaming while i was sewing a new dress and whoops just missed it by 1828 the town was completely abandoned the last resident was a freed slave by the name of Cornelius Black Neil Vinson. Mm-hmm. He was found, it's kind of a sad story, in 1830 with his feet frozen, Ugh. living in a cellar hole. That's mm, sad. He was taken to a local poorhouse in Gloucester. And then the last standing structure was destroyed in 1845. Mm. That's kind of sad, though. I mean, I understand why. They probably weren't sound structure structures, but it's kind of sad that they were all destroyed. Well, and I'm wondering if they reused some of the materials. Oh, for like the bigger towns? Yeah, because that I don't think, sense. like when you look at the pictures, there's not really much left. Yeah. Like there's no rubble. During the Depression, Roger Babson commissioned unemployed stonecutters to carve inspirational quotes into 36 boulders throughout Why? the town. I think, so he thought that the area was very pretty to walk through. He was oh. a fan. His uh, grandfather? Yeah. His grandfather wrote a book about the history of Gloucester. And it included history of Dogtown. So Roger was familiar with the stories And I guess he was like, well, y'all don't have anything to do. I'll pay you money to do this. And so not only did they write inspirational quotes, they also put numbers next to the cellar holes, which you can reference in the book. Okay. So like number 15, there's like a story about that family in the book. Oh, nice. Some of those inspirational phrases that you will see are phrases like keep out of debt and get a job. (laughs) and take care (laughs) of mother. Wow, some really inspirational things that we can all use even today. (laughs) I just would like to remake some of those like on top of some of my really artistic pictures of like the ocean, just in beautiful script writing, keep out of debt. (laughs) Get a job. Get a job. (laughs) (laughs) Do better. Beautiful sunset take care of mother (laughs) i mean i guess he tried Eh, obviously it left an impression and i mean i did give jobs to people who didn't have have them at that time so yeah this is also in the in the 30s so their inspirational posters i'm sure looked much different than the kitten hanging onto the tree that we see today yes another boulder you will see though was the location of a bull homicide bullicide a what? <laughs> the legend is... Okay, I didn't read this. James Mary was either a Gloucester or Spaniard individual, and he was a fan of bull wrestling. So he'd go up there and he'd screw around with the bulls on a regular basis. Okay. However, 
One bowl he had been messing with repeatedly decided to complete the find out portion of the fuck around phrase. (laughs) That should have been on one of the boulders. (laughs) Fuck around and then like a little bit while on the trail, find out. Find out. (laughs) Um, There is a boulder which reads first attack very ominously. Oh, God. Just, Just first attack. That's the only thing on the boulder. Okay. Then there's another one that reads, Joss, J-A-S, Mary, died September 8, 1892. Wow. This is what really happened. There's an article from the Boston Post that states two individuals saw a blood, a blood, a bull with blood. (laughs) (laughs) Saw a bull with blood on its horns while walking along the Dogtown Common Road. Just casually. Casually walking or a bloody bull? Just a casually bloody bull walking, just like prancing around, just doing his thing. Just just look prance. over, moo, bitches. What you gonna <laughs> do about it? We know nothing about bulls. Do they moo? <laughs> We're offending all of our bull listeners right now. You know that bull is just looking at them like, you gonna try something too? Right, I'll fuck up your china shop. Don't tempt me. (laughs) Where is your porcelain? Uh, Anyway, in in the article, they said they then found the... We're making jokes. This is about to get awful. They then found the body of James Mary with a large wound to his abdomen. Oh, no. He was dead. He (laughs) resided in Gloucester and had a wife and a family. And he had gone to pick barberries and was attacked by the bull. And they were sure, because I guess it's important to the story, to specify that the bull belonged to Patrick Nugent. Nugent? (laughs) Nugent, I think, maybe. The bull belonged to Patrick. Damn it, Patrick. Why did you let this bull out? It was out for blood. You knew it had some issues. You knew that Barberry Patch was that bull's, and you didn't put up any warning signs, except for the first attack. Uh, That's an awful story, but like, I just, like, what a random way to go. A bull attack? Yeah. In Massachusetts. <laughs> Apparently, the, um, the area, first, like, before it was settled, it was used as, like, a common grazing place. And having common grazing places were common back then because a lot of people didn't have land. So they just had like common areas where they would let their farm animals graze. Then when everything was cleared out, nobody was using the property because it wasn't really good farmland. Obviously, there were a lot of rocks. So farmers would just let their animals graze up that way. And then one of them got mad. And then one of them decided to fuck around to find out yeah (laughs) bull aside um also according to the boston evening transcript the town did not receive its name from the feral pack of dogs oh okay somebody was a lot of people walk around this area and they have been walking around this area for a long time and they all think that it's a beautiful track yeah yeah um, according to the Boston Evening Transcript, the town received its name from a dog-shaped rock named Dog Rock. Creatively and aptly named. Yes. Dog Rock. You can see 
the dog-shaped rock, called Dog Rock, on the ride from Gloucester to Anasquam. Massachusetts, get your names together, please. This one goes by Squam. Okay. (laughs) I'm not making that up. It was in the article. (laughs) But everything that you will read will say that this got its name because of the dogs. But apparently nobody has seen that dog rock in a while. What happened? Did it just grow legs and go away? It joined the feral pack and decided to roll away. It was a werewolf all along. It said rock on and walked away. (laughs) Rolled on down the hill. There's. They said to all the other feral dogs, Papa was a roller stone, follow me. (laughs) There was also an article stating one of the last inhabitants committed suicide under one of the boulders around 1805. They didn't give a name in the article, though. And this article that I was reading was written in 1875. And was talking about the ghost town, which is wild to think that in the 1800s they were talking about this ghost town. Yeah. But I wasn't sure if you would have a story about somebody who committed suicide or not, but apparently they did. Some of the lore that I was reading coincides with what you were saying about the Aguam, the native people in the area, Stating that they had ingested some flour that caused them to take on wolf-like traits. I only saw this on one blog and there are no other references to animal traits in this tribe. The only thing I could see was that they actually coexisted with the Puritan settlers. And they were protected by English law because they didn't want any squams with this tribe. So their land, the people, and their crops, they were all protected by this English declaration and they were also allowed into Puritan homes so they would just often come over and just like be like hey what's for dinner John and sit down well that's kind of nice but that is all that I have for you well interesting I was gonna say like with like the plant ingesting for the canine feature things could that just be like maybe they were ingesting a plant that maybe made you hallucinate that somebody had those features so an interesting thing that i have learned in my i'm taking currently u.s history in my classes and it's from like colonization to i think the civil war which has been very handy in some of our research oh for sure some of the things that i've learned was one the chesapeake bay when they settled in that area (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when they settled in the area, they didn't realize that some of the water from the ocean back flowed into the Chesapeake Bay. Mm-hmm. And so they were slowly getting uh, salt poisoning, mm-hmm. which would cause hallucinations. The other part is this fungus that they have found might have potentially been growing on some of their um, wheat and flour. If anybody is watching The Last of Us, this particular fungus is the inspiration for that specific storyline, not the Mm. video game storyline, but the TV TV series storyline. The fungus can cause, again, hallucinations, aggression, that sort of thing. They think that that fungus might have been what started the Salem Witch Trials, but they're not really sure. Mm, Interesting. So there could have been other things going on or like just a weird headdress. That somebody saw, like, oh, 
what does he have on his head? It must be an animal because we're Europeans and we everything is scary to us. We know nothing. Um, but yeah, I was just, that's, that's interesting though. And it could totally be possible. I couldn't find any, I looked through newspapers and that's how I found some of those articles, but I couldn't find anything about the specific witches, quote, quote. I also couldn't even find like their graves. There mm. were like different Thomasine. You said younger though was yes. the last one. I had young for mine. So let me just double check on younger and see. And apparently she was, she died in 1829. That's what I got. No. Like yeah. nowhere in America. Well, I'm assuming that maybe they didn't have like proper cemetery burials or anything like that. Maybe they were just buried in the family yard or something. Um, There were some pomazines in Gloucester, but one was Elwell and she died in 1827. Mm-hmm. And then the other was Thomasine Fears, and she died in 1896. Hmm. Well, so who knows? Who knows? I'd say that the consistency of her like story, like her name appearing so frequently, she would give some credit. Existed, like she yeah. existed, whether she got sushi or money, <laughs> up for debate. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. She was like one of the repeated ones. So I definitely probably think that she was a person. Mm-hmm. The other one. Peg. Yeah. I I found her only like pretty much like all her stories pretty much in like one place. So again, she might be a person. She didn't live in Dogtown, like you said, like she lived in Gloucester. So I don't know if she's a shape-shifting crow, but she could have been a person as what well. What a great insult for somebody you shape-shifting crow that's a compliment to me i want to be a shape-shifting crow (laughs) just keep the buttons out of your leg yeah no buttons please take pizza rolls and pretty string do we think that this place is haunted no (laughs) i think it's very interesting i think it's a very interesting um place to go hike um, look at some weird ass boulders has some cool history yeah I definitely want to go and walk around it seems like a really neat walk like the fact that they've just been walking this just for the entertainment of it since the beginning it must be a beautiful place yeah yeah I definitely think that you know not in the way of like satan dancing evil evil doing witches but there's been wiccan and witchcraft around for a long long time so i'm not gonna say that none of these women especially the ones that were doing like healing things and simple fortune telling i'm not gonna say that they were witches or practicing witchcraft um but i don't think that this place has any lingering evil or anything like that there was no curse placed around Dogtown, and i don't think there's a werewolf but maybe a cougar yeah, or maybe some just regular wolves. So, you know, coyote. Make sure, make sure you're not out there at night by yourself. If anything, for the bulls, watch out for the bulls, man. Don't pick any berries. Nobody has died by a werewolf, but one person has died by a bull. 
that's even scarier, honestly. But yeah, fun. Short but sweet. What's your stage moment? Um, my oh, wait, wait, wait. What are we doing next week? I'm sorry. Oh yeah, we are. We just talked about this. We're going um across the pond. We're going overseas. Going across. <laughs> That's so depressing. <laughs> Why? We're, We're going, going overseas. <laughs> We're going on a trip across the sea to another country. I think it's because we're millennial babies. And when we hear overseas, we automatically associate it with deployment. <laughs> with war. Awful yeah. things. Well, mm-hmm. you know, those things still happen. But not here on Haunted Folks. No, <laughs> we're not going to battle. <laughs> Not right now, um, <laughs> but that'll be fun. We haven't done a different country location in a while, so. Mm-hmm. Um, and my sage moment is, you know, this will come out on Valentine's Day, and Zach and I are going to go have a lovely dinner. We were trying to get to this really fancy place here where we live, um, but we decided to do that too late. Um, so this will be our second year in a row going to Bonefish, but it's nice. It's right across the street from like within walking distance. So it'd be nice to just walk on over and have a nice meal and do Valentine's Day and then enjoy our evening, even though it's on a Tuesday. So first off, that sounds lovely. That does sound good. I've heard good things about Bonefish. Isn't that like a chain? It is a chain, um, but it's really good. They have like really um nice cocktails and everything and then also their portions are really nice like they look kind of small but then once you start eating um it's it's really good food so then you're full by the end of it good well i hope y'all have fun um my stage moment was just going to be that my brother got me kirby for christmas and i was finally able to play it because i got the switch back from joe and so i was playing it and i will be sure and give you the video to to share on Instagram. Cleo is scared of the Kirby cone. And so I just want to share that with y'all. I sent it to Kristen earlier and it was, I was laughing out loud. It was, it solid. was very cute. A good great. laugh. Is it a good game? Um, It's a little weird. You know, you just are ingesting things. You're a car, you're a vending machine, you're a traffic cone, much different from the Kirby I grew up with where you just yeah, suck things sense. up spit it out <laughs> Kirby used to be dirtier <laughs> there were no vending machines back in my day um I, I've heard good things about the game so um, yeah I mean it's just it's like a fun just kind of shut off your brain and what's around type thing nice well good I hope everybody like I said enjoys their Valentine's Day or you know if you're not doing anything for Valentine's Day have a relaxing Tuesday yes have a brain shut off game <laughs> if you need to. My nail girl was uh was talking to me about Valentine's Day. She was asking if I had any plans and she was saying one of her clients loves Valentine's Day. And I was like, oh, like usually you hear people like about it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, she loves it. She loves the fact that there is an entire day just devoted to love, like not even a significant other. You can just choose someone to show your love to, and there's a whole day for that. That is sweet. I was like, oh, that's so cute. (laughs) That puts it into like a positive perspective for sure. Yeah. 
just like show a little bit of love to one person, even if it's the person behind you in Starbucks. Or even if it's just yourself, just show, show yourself some love. I fully believe in a self-love Valentine's Day. You Buy know, yourself to, some coffee. Yeah. Do some skincare routine. Watch a movie that you want to watch. You know, just do you. Mm-hmm. Totally cool. Go to the florist and buy yourself some flowers. Listen to this podcast. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. We're here for you. Happy fucking Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. As always, we love getting suggestions from you guys. Be sure to send us your recommendations of stories to cover, locations to visit, ghost tours to go on, and all that good stuff. You can send it to hauntedorhoaxpod at gmail.com or DM us on social. Yeah, you can find all of our links to social as well as episodes and blogs on our website, hauntedorhoax.com. And if you feel like helping us out, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or just drop us a few stars on Spotify. Bye. Bye.